Is it a bird? Is it a plane? No, it's Kai Glensick, and welcome to the Around the Dapper Sports Pod. Great to be back, everyone. We got a lot. He says it every time. Yes, I do. We have a lot to catch up on. It's been a little less than a week since I've checked in. Still trying to get the flow down with all these shows. Still trying to figure out how to go amongst this, get UFC strike in, get the NBA in, you know, get the NFL in. And then lately, there's been less news, just less across the board. But there's still a lot to cover. Um, that's because a lot of the news came out right before the pod, like always. But, I mean, that's what, what are you going to do, right? Come on. I'm just glad that I'm here. I'm glad that you guys are here. And welcome back to Around the Dapper Sports Pod. And so today, yeah, we're going to do the jab. I probably entered a sound right there because I love that hitting sound. One more time. There it is. Uh, we're going to do the jab. Just a, a quick catch up with what's going on with UFC Strike. We're going to take a look at the markets as always. And then we're going to take a look at, in the breakdown at the things Roham has said over Twitter and the interview with uh, Jacob Eisenberg that he had on Yahoo Sports. And then we'll finish it up with a little bit of NFL All Day. Um, a lot of the stuff for NFL All Day is covered in the market and you know maybe some of their advertising or social media trends. Uh, at the same time, we will finish it up with a preview of, I think I said in the last pod, like the next 12, Stop but actually lying. we already did one through 10. So I will be going 11 through... 23, 24, something like that. Uh, and then we'll finish it off and call it a segment. But I'm glad you're here. Thank you for listening. And you know what's the really cool part about this? I keep looking at you know how many downloads I get, and I don't do it all the time because I don't want to do it all the time. It, it, it creates a sense of anxiety. But I am looking at it, and I'm going, wow, I'm trending up, and I've never trended down. Now, with that being said, none of you just stop listening right now today or unfollow. Keep following. Um, if you have, you know, things you want to say to the show, uh, interest, I, I'm going to be honest with you too. Some people have hit me up in the inbox. There's a couple of you that I haven't responded to yet. I'm going to respond. Um, it can be a little difficult with me running the pod and now I'm like, okay, if I'm going to talk back to somebody I want to make sure I'm there and I am taking the information away weird thing is I know that I've reached out to like a lot of people uh, before in like DMs besides Chris Long and I'll tell you this real quick Chris Long listen to his podcast the Greenlight podcast um, he kind of inspired me to do this show no lie and I'll tell you that be uh, and I'll tell you the reason why because I he started the Green Light Pod, which is a really good pod with him and his uh, school friend Macon. And I had been listening, and I sent him a you know message in Instagram, and that dude literally started talking to me like through this past summer, just back and forth. And in in a lot of ways, you know, it was kind of a, a downtime for myself. But it wasn't just me talking about him downtime. He was like getting the chance to know me. And when I saw how he connected with fans. It was like, wow, that's really cool. I want to have a podcast like that because I've always kind of thought about having a podcast. But he had me out in Charlottesville and he had me visit his studio, which was insane. Um, I got to meet him. I got to be on the pod a little bit, check it out. And that's when my pod dream opened. And that's why I have Around the Dapper Pod. Now, I will say this. I know some people are probably listening and being like, oh, it's kind of a hectic world right now, especially in the NFT space. But 
This I promise you. If you have anything you want me to get into as well, sports. Um, I'm trying to learn the system right now where I can have people on for an interview. Um, I've looked at Ryan Hollins. I've looked at Fred Taylor. Uh, two people that I just thought well, actually were available too and were able for me to get. I've looked into those. I tried setting something up with Ryan um, Hollins just the other day. He was a former Timberwolf, Clipper. He kind of played around the league. He's also now, I believe, the Hornets or the Cavs, one of the two. Didn't work out. Still looking at that. But if you have something that you want in the pot or want me to tackle, let me know. I will tackle it. Um, trying the UFC strike right now, for example, is a way that I can try to tackle it. Um, and more sports. Like, I want to combine the two. That's something I definitely think that the NBA Top Shot community um, is missing. It's either you're in into NFTs and a little bit of sports, or you're into sports and a little bit of NFTs. And I forgot who said that uh, earlier this week, if it was on Twitter or Reddit. And I, I noticed that disconnect. So if we can educate both at the same time and just, you know, streamline that right through into a good show that has interviews with people from different types of spaces, that'd be great. So, yes, with that being said, there are some people, and I, and I realize one, forgetting the name of you right now, man, have reached out and you were actually talking about an idea for this pod. I'm still going to message you back. So hold on to the hope because, I mean, that's all we got, right? <laughs> Dark times and a dark time to be saying that. All right, but with that being said, in the longest intro ever, yes, I'm in the closet. No, I do not have pancakes in my hand today, but I will still be breaking down the UFC strike, the NBA top shot, the NBA top shot, um, and NFL all day on today's show. So with that being said, let's hit up the jab. In Pittsburgh, can't wait. Let's start with UFC Strike the Jab, where we just go over real briefly some of the main topics and things happening in the UFC Strike. You know, just trying to get implemented to this climate, trying to follow along. I did miss a fight earlier this week, but um, I, I plan to look into it a little more. And by the way, if you know anything about the UFC Strike and you want to give me a heads up, this is where I plug how you get a hold of me. Around the Dapper Sports Pod on Twitter, Around Dapper Sports on or Around Dapper Sports at gmail.com or around dapper sports on instagram yeah i have an instagram now check that out a little harder to get to but if you hit me up on that uh or on the uh messaging again I'll, I'll hit you up there as well so let's check it out ufc strike um so the first challenge that they had on ufc strike just finished up uh you had till february 28th and today the day i'm recording this which is thursday march 3rd you were airdropped your adesanya challenge moment and it's from ufc 243 it's that incredible knockout and i know i'm probably butchering his name guys i know half of you are probably like oh my god yeah his name israel adesanya right adesanya not adesanya all right but israel adesanya he uh delivered a quick knockout in ufc 243 that moment has been sent to you so i noticed not a lot of people had seen that earlier in the Reddit. There weren't a lot of people on Twitter I noticed that had seen it, so I tried to get some of that out. Um, but if you're listening right now and you haven't looked, go check it out. You had to spend, again, $500 on the marketplace before February 28th. Some of you might have gotten that just by accident, which is pretty cool. So, UFC strike, airy dropping, their first challenge moment. And I can say right now, 
there is no um, announcement on the next pack. Now, I know there haven't been that many fights in the last couple of weeks. I'm not really sure how UFC Strike is minting these things and how they're going to look out in the future, but it is still early, right? It is still early in the marketplace, and I, I'm sure you're going to be starting to see Series 1 moments coming out uh, and more challenges to be had. And so that's kind of cool. I didn't even really notice that there had been a challenge going on, but if you guys all had figured out that there was a challenge going on, um, I hope you completed it and you got your Israel Adesanya moment, who right now I believe is selling for about $340, and he had a mint of around $2,000, I believe. One thing that I saw though was a lot of people like, and here goes the undercutting. If you're listening to the show right now, it's gonna happen on top. It's gonna happen on all of these platforms, I feel like. It's really hard to educate that base where everybody is in a race to sell their moment because they fear that they won't sell their moment or it won't go up, it will just keep dropping. I feel like when you undercut your moments, yeah, you're just helping the drop. So do what you want again with your money. I just saw that was a big complaint. People were on Twitter and saying, wow, everyone's undercutting this moment. It should be way higher in price. Uh, but at the time of recording, it was around 340. One thing I wanted to say about the moments on UFC Strike is that they have the announcers in them, which is so cool. I don't understand how they decided, yo, let's have the, the announcers in our moments and how the other two have not thought about that and tried to implement it more into their system. I don't know if that's a licensing thing. It probably is. But it is really cool, like watching it on UFC Strike and watching the great calls by like Joe Rogan or you know, whoever's there. But I was watching a couple of them today and I was like, wow, that is really cool that you get to hear the announcer with the knockout punch or, you know, or with however they win those things. I always assume it's knockout, but I know there's, you know, decisions at the end of those. So really cool there with UFC Strike. And I hope, I hope also, you know, I really love their interface on the marketplace it's very flawless two things that i can really tell with all day as well the marketplace is absolutely flawless on both of those now when i say that yes there are some bugs but compared to top shot starting out it looks like they've definitely looked at top shot and we're like okay let's do these things with the marketplace that makes it a better experience for the users now i have had a couple people email me and go Hey, where'd you go to the third-party apps? Now, the only one I know of right now that does UFC Strike is Evaluate Market. Um, and that, again, is evaluate.market slash UFC, if you want to go find that. They are the only ones right now I know of, and I might be wrong, maybe Moment Ranks has one, but I was looking earlier and I didn't see it. So check out Evaluate Market. They are the only ones, to my knowledge, that have the third-party app where you can check out the market and see how things are selling. So as we take a look at the marketplace, floor is at $4 right now, $2 down from our last podcast, and the recording sales volume is down to $80,000. And on my last time on this podcast, it was in the lower $100,000 range, slightly been trending downwards, but it is new, and we'll talk about that in a minute. Top moments on the platform right now, Nagano, his knockout moment is going for $5,600. Usman's is going second at $3,550. And then, don't don't kill me on this one. Namuenes? Is that how you say that one? If not, send me a voice note to my inbox because that one I was going to struggle with. Um, the all-around best female 
UFC fighter. She is going for around 2,500 as the time of this recording. So when I take a look at the leaderboard and who's leading that moment, guess what? It's still Green Grove Girl. She claims the top spot in UFC strike right now with $35,000 owned in UFC moments. That's almost double the person who is second with $17,000 put into UFC moments. Now, I did say it's down and it is trending down, but again, remember, it is still new and I still think there's a lot of ways that UFC strike can get people to buy these moments. I just see a really good path and that's just kind of a gut feeling but it's also like um, how UFC uh, markets and why I could see the casual entertainer would be interested in, in like hitting moments or knockout moments. Um, and maybe I'll dive into that on in a later episode, but I, th I still think it's early. Now again, it's your money, do what you want to do with it, but uh, have faith. I think the UFC strike is going to be good uh, in the future and I can't wait to see what it has. Now, with that being said, let's go check on the market. Welcome to the market and let's start with NBA Top Shot and you want to know what the floor is in NBA Top Shot? We have a steady $1 floor and you remember when it used to be, you know, the $1 floor but the I almost had it $1 floor? Right now it is the $1 floor. You can, there's a good handful of moments you can get on NBA Top Shot right now for a dollar. At least at this time of recording. I got a Pat Bev uh, Minnesota Timberwolves moment for a dollar. So. The floor is there, folks. It's at a dollar. I don't believe it can go any lower than that. So, again, floor at a dollar. Sales today, as of recording, were $850,000. And that's kind of low, uh, considering right now in Top Shot. They were doing days very high in, you know, the two to three million dollar range in just days. So, we'll see if they get to that million dollar range. I'm, sh I'm thinking they will. It's 830 right now, depending on how they track that but we'll see um obviously that means that nba top shot is down don't look at your sets now i'm not saying it's crashed completely but it's definitely gone down to pre this last rise that we saw and a lot of people are looking at the packs and we'll talk about it we we've seen a couple things uh come out with jacob eisenberg and dang it roham um i was gonna call him rashim but yes Roham uh, had a tweet earlier talking about hinting at a way they could change that. So in the last seven days, when we look at sets, the All-Star set is down. The 2021 All-Star set, that is down 24%. Uh, the other set that is down, it is the Eastern Conference Finals S1 set that is down 23. And then Rising Stars uh, is down 20%. Sales up in the last seven days we're gonna look at with the stripe at 11 percent and the s1 finals set up seven percent with that being said in the market in nba top shot and this kind of just gives you a hint only eight sets are up in the last seven days and two of those are the newest sets that they've started so tells you a lot tells you a lot about how people are feeling about top shot and do I think this is the end of Top Shot? No, not at all. But it just shows you, you know, there's, especially when it's in beta. I, I look at that tracking and these, you know, people aren't buying, that, that says something. Um, 
in the NFL all day market, it's been steady. You know, um, sales were high yesterday, but basically that's because of pack sales. But some of my lower end moments that were going for seven are now going for about 11. But some of my higher stuff has actually dropped by like 10 or 15. But I, I really have not, you know, we don't have enough info in my opinion to see if there's a trend that's really started but i will say people are saying that you know they still think they're lower than what they would have liked but i think that's just maybe from people that came in and wanted to flip again great experience on that marketplace so it's been really easy to buy really easy to sell in my opinion overall though it seems like it's holding steady uh, unique buyers though as I looked at the numbers this morning has gone up from last week at 5,600 to this week at 17,000 so that means we're having more people come into the NFL all day system which is a good thing it's great to see unique buyers and it's great to see that number rising because it did seem like we had a little feedback last week of everybody hating NFL all day but it's really seemed to gain momentum going into at least this weekend couple things when looking at the NFL all-day marketplace looking at teams that have the most sales so number one Tampa Bay Buccaneers around uh, a little 2.3 million Cincinnati Bengals at 1.2 million Los Angeles Rams at 1.1 Kansas City Chiefs at 1 million Buffalo Bills at 542,000 followed by San Francisco, Pittsburgh, Los Angeles Chargers, New England Patriots, and Dallas Cowboys. Kind of interesting to see. I think, you know, since he's up there, obviously because of the Super Bowl, I would expect maybe the Dallas Cowboys to be a little higher, but I don't think we have a fair reflection of the NFL fan base as a whole yet. But for the most part, um, it seems you know, pretty normal, if not a couple ones moved out where you would think as an NFL fan they would be. But who am I to say, right? Uh, when it comes to look at the marketplace for the most sales for players, number one is Tom Brady, followed by Patrick Mahomes at number two. By the way, Tom Brady at two, a little over two million in market sales right now. Patrick Mahomes, by the way, almost the 700,000. So there's quite a big gap between Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes in terms of sales in the market third jamar chase number four is joe burrow number five josh allen he sits around a little above 300,000. number six mac jones at 276,000, followed by cooper cut justin herbert aaron donald and kyler murray and this week's biggest sale on nfl all day was josh allen his jersey moment number 17 in the wild card that moment sold for fifty thousand dollars i cannot believe that that is so much money but i mean hey you got it and you love nfl all day let's get it man so jersey number fifty thousand there for josh allen now that's your catch up with the market let's get caught up Welcome, let's get you caught up, got me feeling it, caught up. All right, I won't ever do that again. But if you liked Usher, you probably liked that rendition I did just right there. Sorry, I will never do that again. Yeah! All right, when I take a look at NBA Top Shot, there weren't as many challenges as the previous week. I think they're maybe starting to kind of get the message. Uh, they did kind of move 
uh, in a different direction with some of their uh, challenges. For example, one night they had the team that scored the most points. If you could put together their entire lineup, which as a Minnesota Timberwolf that night, I did. So I got a Series 2 pack in return for completing that challenge. Um, they scored like 124 points. I did like that one because it rewards people who hold moments. Now, here's something that I thought about right off the dome right now. Could they reward people for holding the moments? And let's say it's based on how good that team is. Like, think about it. If your team was really good and you could, you know, let's say you owned the Heat right now or the best defensive team right now, right? And you got rewarded for that. That'd be a great way to hand out packs. Just a thought. Email me. Hit me up on Twitter if you think uh, that's a good thought or if you have one of your own. Or hit me up on Instagram. So, back to the challenges. So, this week, they did have, last night, a different kind of challenge where you had to have a moment featuring a first player in each NBA game on March 2nd to reach five assists and five rebounds. And in return, you would get an S2 base pack. Now, they tiered this. So, that was only the easy flash challenge. Then they had a hard flash challenge where you could create a challenge entry with either series one or series two moments featuring the first player in each NBA game to reach five assists and five rebounds. Now, if you completed that one, you would get a limited edition Brandon Ingram MSFE moment. You know, you had 24 hours to complete that. But in this one, they had a cheat code which was kind of cool like i did like this aspect of it and the cheat code was you could use one of the entries and just fill it in with a brandon ingram legendary moment now that is probably very expensive right but i saw a glimmer of hope with that right there it's like yes that you're on to something now try it with rares or try it with weird basics and then you're getting it going, right? That's another good way to have a challenge. And I think that's what we're going to see from Top Shot. Just different types of challenges. I really like this one. Um, I'm not sure of the Brandon Ingram account, but from the looks of it, I bet it's going to be very low. Again, Brandon Ingram having a great year this year. Um, so to go on with that, I know people are fatigued with the, you know, the challenges every night. And I am too. You know, I don't really do each and every one. Reminder of that, you don't have to do each and every one. But a lot of the people lately have been saying, hey, it it makes more sense to buy the reward after than it does to complete the challenge. And that is one of the points that I've seen made where I'm like, yeah, that's what I figured out, you know? And it, it wasn't that hard to see um, for a lot of people, I bet. So I'm not gonna call myself special, but they have to fix that or yeah, it's kind of a gamble or, you know, maybe you see how many people are going to finish it one night. I know there's a couple Twitter accounts that do that. So just something they have to work on those two challenges. And now as I skip over to NFL all day, of course, no challenges to get us caught up on on this one. But they did have two packs drop since we last spoke. They had the week 14 standard and then they had the week 14 premium the week 14 premium again it was i mean they kept some back so out of 800 or out of 8739 they dropped 6592 of the premiums again those were four you were guaranteed one rare in that premium and the pack price there went for 249 dollars now in the standard one 
different kind of count, obviously. Those ones were going for $49. You're not guaranteed a rare, but I did see a lot of people pulling rares. I even saw somebody pull a legendary, which was pretty cool. Um, so yes, again, both of those had pack limits. You could only purchase one. And the packs for this one, out of 51,000 that they had, they dropped 38,423. Now, some of the moments that were in the week 14 packs, it was, uh, so they had one where it was paying special tribute to Demarius Thomas, who passed away this year with the Justin Simmons clutch interception. That's, you know, when he points to Demarius Thomas. Very cool, very sad Demarius Thomas passing away this year during the NFL season. We also had Tom Brady connecting with Walter Payton Award winner Mike Evans to break the all-time completions record. We had Aaron Donald's monster three-sack performance that led the Rams to a Monday night win over the rival Cardinals. And we had one from Justin Herbert. It's the cannon, the one. I, I don't know if you had it, but I guarantee you if you go online and you type in Justin Herbert cannon, it will be this pass to Jake Guyton. Uh, we also had some rookie moments. Zach Wilson, Javante Williams had run. Rashad Bateman also had a moment. Big Rashad Bateman fan. Skyuma for the Gophers. And then we also had Jakeem Grant's electrifying 97-yard punt return, which was the first of the NFL season. So, good pack. I know a lot of people talked about these packs and were very happy with them for, you know, what they were pulling. I didn't see as much negativity in the pack drops this week, which was a cool thing to see. Now, I'm not saying Dapper changed anything, but it just seemed like we had a, a much better audience this week than we did the weeks prior. So, we got y'all caught up. Weird catch-up there. I know I was kind of, not weird catch-up. And did anybody notice when I said, uh, <laughs> when I was reading it off here, Tom Brady passed to uh, Walter Payton, and then I was like, oh yeah, Walter Payton Award member. Walton, Paper, Walton Pay Payton is no longer here with us, folks. And he stopped playing football a long time ago. So if he passed to Walter Payton for the all-time completion record, we got a problem or ghosts are real. One of the two. I don't know. You tell me. Hit me up in my pod or hit me up on my social media if you would like to and say, hey, Kai, I think ghosts are real. Maybe I'll even say it on the pod. Who knows? So we got you all caught up. Now let's go into the breakdown. Lots to talk about in both the NBA Top Shot and NFL All Day. Oh, no. We suck again. So let's break down NBA Top Shot. And it's a sticky one. You know, it, it really is. Um, a lot more criticism being sent towards Top Shot. And yes, we've seen that before. But now I think we're getting to a point as I sit up here, you know, on a pedestal. <laughs> now I do think we're at a point that a lot more of it is getting to be valid. Now again, I'm not saying Top Shot is crashing or going away. That's not what I'm saying. Um, but so for instance, you know, we talk about how there's too many moments out right now. Um, it kind of has played that way since all of these pack drops we've had in the last month which is very reminiscent to me kind of where S2 had a problem during like seeing stars and all stars. Now we'll see if we can fix that. And I'm sure we can, but yeah, we're not getting a lot of feedback back on top of that. We've also had a couple times where they said there were going to be announcements. So like, for instance, we already had one pack drop announcement, you know, canceled, right? But then the next day they're like, we have another announcement and then there was nothing. And then today we had, there's a pack announcement, but then there was nothing that doesn't help top shot just gonna say that you know, point blank as somebody who 
is kind of in the middle maybe, or maybe even towards the lower. I'm gonna say, you know, which maybe doesn't help my case, but it doesn't help Top Shot to say to some people who might want more clear answers just because maybe they're overinvested and is that Top Shot's fault? No, and I'm not talking about me. But I'm saying some people are going to get upset with that. And some people are just going to pull out, not because they don't have the funds, but because it's kind of blatant, you know, ugh, don't really care. You know, that's kind of what it feels like to them. So then, okay, Tuesday, Roham tweets out, we are working on ways to drop at NBA Top Shot packs that permanently remove supply from circulation. I don't know what that means. Now, I do know what he's kind of hinting at is that maybe they're looking at burning. But Top Shot has said in the past that they aren't going to look at burning. Um, they don't want to burn. And there's some interview uh, questions here with Jake Eisenberg that I'll talk about in a minute that we'll see. He doesn't really hint at burning. He kind of more so looks at trade tickets, which I don't know. I know it's early in trade tickets, but I don't know if a lot of people actually like them. Um, so we'll see. Again, something, you know, to tweet out. Roham does have a way of sending a tweet out, though, to, like, try to quell maybe some stress or some anger in the community. I've seen him do it before. I don't know if it's in his best... Um, if, if, it's in, if it's in the best idea to send out something like that because it's also not really saying anything. You know, they're looking into it. Maybe be more specific at what you're looking into. Now, again, I'm not coming for any of those guys at Dapper Labs. I'm just reverberating what I hear from the community when I go into Reddits, when I go into Discords, when I go into Twitter and trying to get a judge and a feel for what I feel like the community is saying. Then, you know, at that same time, if you have something you need to say and maybe somebody else, you know, singing that thing or you just want to say it to the pod, hit me up again. Twitter, around the Dapper Sports Pod, Instagram, around Dapper Sports, and then around Dapper Sports at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. So let's check out the interview with Jacob Eisenberg of um, Dapper Labs. He's the community lead. He's the guy who you would see in the booth or most of the ads like on Insta, uh, more so in the beginning on Twitter. Now um, it's the, the female that took over on that side. So, yeah, let's talk about NBA Top Shot and the interview he had. You can check it out right now with Jared Johnson of Yahoo. And Jared asked some good questions. So one of them were, how are addition size determined? And an interesting thing here, Jacob says, is growing up, I was a big Knicks fan. And while I could pull a Patrick Ewing from a pack, that didn't necessitate that Patrick Ewing card just became $50. At Top Shot, we believe strongly that we can provide utility for every single moment of the platform be it high-end moment or be it base set 60K common. Through the use of flash challenges or the use of trade tickets, it's our best opportunity to bring new users into the platform by having moments ready and accessible price ranges. So there's something to be said. He's already saying, you know, comparing them to cards um, or sports cards in the matter of how many they want to have out. Something I've always said that I believe they would go back on. But I do remember in the past that they didn't want to call them or didn't want to compare them to sports cards. That to me is a little weird. I, I don't know if it's anything big to look at, but I was just like, hey, I remember we clearly had somebody say with Top Shot that it wasn't going to be like, you know, we weren't going to look at the, the, the counts like they were sports cards. 
but as you keep going in beta, you learn different things. So I, I, I totally get if they were, um, you know, wording things improperly uh, in the past. Jacob in this interview, they said, do you have any projections for Top Shot's growth and do you intend to eventually introduce moments with an even higher addition size than 60K? Jacob responds, I think we're absolutely open to looking at growth trends and projections and factoring in as we grow and increasing that number. Now, I think for us, it would be dishonest to say we weren't anticipating growth factoring into the 60K number because again, we're trying to create a world where you can rip multiple packs in your first experience. There wasn't always a strong conviction that packs, if they were unavailable, that that was good for the environment. And I don't know if necessarily have that strong belief today. So right there saying, you know, maybe they are looking at, looking at maybe it isn't always good to be able to rip packs. Um, again, in the middle kind of speak, in my opinion, he he's just kind of, I don't think he'd be giving a direct answer to that one. It's more so talking about both points and being like, maybe, like that, at least that's what I get. In regards to the trade system uh, that he has with tickets, they ask him, did the trade ticket system influx the decision to introduce 60K moments? Jacob responds, I think the trade ticket system is very much in the top of the first inning. We're very excited about all the different things we can do. As you know, so far we've already done locker room packs and the series one reserve packs. Those were on the 18 month timeline. So we're still fairly early in the time table. Again, not much to garner from that, but as you can you know, keep guessing or keep noticing, not really giving definitive answers, which I think makes this interview a little worse in my opinion, just because at a time where maybe answers are needed, you're not really giving answers. So he talks about the collector score and how they built it to you know, keep people away from just coming in here and flipping. But a really good question uh, from Yahoo is, I feel that the collector score has been underutilized during series three. Jacob responds, one reason why in your words we have underutilized collector score is because when you're explaining what Top Shot is to a new collector or prospective collector, the very best version of that explanation doesn't factor in collector score at all. If you're explaining Top Shot to someone, there are many different layers to talk about you know, where a drop off might happen. Explaining what an NFT is, why you are going on Top Shot and collect rather than watching the highlight on YouTube for free. Whether you want to explain sets, tiers, rarities, moments in circulation, that's just on the baseline. That's before getting into dapper balance or flow or trade tickets. Our game is complicated. We know that and we need to simplify. So, kind of saying right here, hey, we've kind of got too many things going on, maybe a little bit in my opinion. And he's like, I, we know that we have to simplify it for people, but at the same time, again, kind of working around why collector score hasn't been um, used. So again, I'm not gonna read it all. There's a lot of good stuff in here. Um, he talks again about what happens uh, after the pack drop. And I, I don't want to go along and just read this whole guy's article to you. I, I don't feel like that would be fair. Um, but go check it out. It's on Yahoo. He does ask some really good questions. And this is the last one. He did say, is it Top Shot's goal to have full team sets be restricted to 50 collectors per team? And then he said, no, there's no moment on Top Shot that is designed to be a bottleneck. 
I think we have a game design issue, not necessarily a content issue. I think we're reconciling both of those in real time. So to answer your question more specifically, between Jeff Hornacek on the Jazz or Anthony Davis on the Pelicans, Kevin Garnett on the Celtics, there is no moment we are ever minting on Top Shot with the intention to be a bottleneck. And so, yeah, I do say that, but then later on in the sh- you know, in the interview, he does say there's reasons why that happens because there's nuance to these things. I don't know. Very interesting article. Check it out. It's on Yahoo. I think some of you can kind of tell where I'm going here. It is a good article, but I can't determine if it's good or bad. So when it comes to the NBA in general, we got a couple games under our belt now since the All-Star break. And guess what? The Suns still clipping along. 50 and 12 right now, seven games up still on the Warriors. And they're even without Chris Paul, still eight and two in the last 10. Warriors again behind them, seven games, followed by the Red Hot Grizzlies right now. And John Morant is having an unbelievable season right now. Some of the most amazing plays I've ever seen. I'm sure if you guys are huge NBA fans, you saw that um, before the halftime half-court heave from Steven Adams where like John Morant just like touches it really quick and it goes in for like a, I don't think it was a three it was like a deep two still incredible there's like 0.4 seconds on there that man is absolutely insane behind the insane Grizzlies with John Morant we have the Jazz who are starting to string things together now they are three games behind the Grizzlies and they've won their last three followed by the Red Hot Mavericks who are eight and two in the last ten they have won two in a row and are just two and a half games behind the Jazz. Then it's the Nuggets at 36 and 26. They are one game behind the Mavericks. Now, in those playoff spots, we got the Minnesota Timberwolves, the LA Clippers, two games behind them. And then those last two spots right now, we have the Lakers and Pelicans. Again, Lakers continue three and seven in the last 10 and have lost three straight. Meanwhile, right behind them, the Pelicans at 26 and 36, they've won three straight and six and four in the last 10. So we'll see if LA can, you know, hold on. We just got word today that LeBron's going to be game to game with the sore knee. So we'll see how that goes. Anthony Davis still out for um, a month and change. Behind those guys, we do have the Trailblazers who were hot, but now have lost three straight. The Spurs behind them, losers of two straight. And then Guys that are slowly, in my opinion, kind of going out of contention now. Um, the Kings, if they want to make the playoffs, they've got to kick it up. Um, they are 23-41. and 41. Then the Thunder at 20-42, and 42, followed by the Rockets with just 15 wins on the year. In the Eastern Conference, we have the Heat, who just lost recently to the last second shot to Drew Holiday and the Bucks, but they're still 8-2 in the last 10, 41-22 over the second place Bulls, who are 39 and 23, with the player of the month being DeMar DeRozan, but they have lost two straight. They might be getting some help coming up here soon. The Philadelphia 76ers, they've won the first three with James Harden, and it is incredible how James Harden has healed up so quickly and how slim down he has gotten. He looks like the the Rockets, James Harden. I don't even know if we saw the version of James Harden last year with the Nets at all. So. Congrats to those guys. Uh, The 76ers are two games behind the Heat in third. In fourth, the Milwaukee Bucks, winners of two straight. And then the Cavs, losers of two straight at 36 and 26, 4.5 games behind first place. Followed by the Celtics, who continue to be hot. Eight of two in their last 10. They are in six, followed by the Raptors 
at 34 and 27. And then the Nets, who get KD back tonight. They're losers of two straight, but we probably will see Ben Simmons coming soon as well. They're 32 and 31 at 8. And then the last two, Hornets and the Hawks, rounding out in those playoff spots. Um, and the Hornets are going to have a tough time. You know, no more Hayward. Their defense has been dead last in the NBA. And then the Hawks. We'll see if they can get things together. Um, I, I know they've moved into the playoff position here in the play-in, but the Wizards are right behind them. Only a game. And it's incredible to see the Wizards doing that. But then some of the teams, like the New York Knicks, who are losers of six straight. I'm sorry, New York. They are 25-37. and 37, and, and right now I'm going to call them, you know, 1-9 in their last 10. I think they're out of the playoffs. Followed by the Pacers, 22-42. and 42, And the Pistons and Magic, both with 15 wins. When it comes to NFL injuries, again, we had some news this week. Um, Zion Williamson is showing improved healing and will gradually progress to full weight-bearing exercises and basketball activity, according to Shams Sharania. As I said earlier, KD back tonight and Kyrie could be back to home games um, in, a in an upcoming vote in New York to allow uh, to take down some of the vaccination rules and workforce requirements. Right now, we also know that Devin Booker will be out for the foreseeable future. He is battling in the health and safety protocols. I want to say not battling, but he is in <laughs> the health and safety protocols. I don't want to give anybody a heart attack there. He should be back here um, within a week, I would say, with those um, being in COVID quarantine, but you don't know. So we'll just keep an eye on that. Nurkic will be done for at least four weeks. Some people are saying that the Jazz did that, and I'm sorry, not the Jazz, the Trailblazers did that on purpose for them to just tank out the rest of the season. We'll see. Um, Nurkic was hot before he had been sat. Some people think that he also will be done for the rest of the season. Fred Van Vliet will be out. He is already missed his third straight game. He doesn't look like he will be back unless uh, in less than a week. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on that and his knee. He does sometimes seem to have knee problems, which scares me. The Bulls are going to be getting back here pretty soon, they think. Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso, they're both slowly starting to amp back up to basketball precipitation practices and team activities. Two people that I'll just mention here quick on the transaction fun line. Isaiah Thomas, he signs with the Charlotte uh, Hornets, which is an interesting move. The worst defensive team in the league added one of the worst percentage-wise defensive players in the league when he's played, Isaiah Thomas. We'll see how that goes. But he has added to a 10-day. And then multiple teams, after DeAndre Jordan was uh, waived from the LA Lakers, he is being looked at at teams like Minnesota and Philadelphia and a couple other ones across the league. He was let go from the Lakers for DJ Agency. So we'll see what that does. I can't even believe DJ's still in the league. Man, it seems like his college days were a while ago, but don't let him know that. <laughs> when we take a look at the stat leaders, we have Joel Embiid still on a tear. He's averaging, well, not shy, really, just 0.1 of a percentage shy of 30 points at 29.9, Giannis at 29.3, and then LeBron James at 28.9, followed by DeMar DeRozan at 28.2. Rebounds per game, Rudy Gobert averaging close to 15 rebounds, and Nikola Jokic right behind him by a full rebound at 13.9. Sabonis with the Kings at 12.2. Assists per game, Chris Paul 
who is out right now. He still leads the league at 10.7, followed by James Harden at 10.3, and DeJounte Murray at 9.4. And then Steph Curry, still by 53 pointers made this year, the leader in three point made. He is at 261, followed by Buddy Heald at 210. When it comes to blocks per games, as we get close to finishing this one off, Rudy Gobert still leads the league at 2.3, followed by a defensive juggernaut in Jaron Jackson at 2.2, and then Robert Williams also at 2.2. 60 minutes will be coming up following football, followed by murder, she wrote. We would have bets on how long it's going to be between murder and she. And it got longer and longer. Then it's murder, she wrote, starring Angela Lansbury. So we're doing a game, and uh, there's a movie uh, following the football. Followed by part one of a CBS Sunday night movie, Gone with the Wind, starring Clark Gable and Vivian Lee. All coming. I laughed so hard, I had to take my headset off and go out in the hallway. Ready, sit, hut, hut! Too small of a room in the closet, that's right. Don't try to throw a football in a closet because it comes back faster than last night's enchiladas. What kind of joke was that? Doesn't matter, let's keep going. Welcome to NFL Day, the breakdown. And again, with NFL Day, not a lot because there hasn't been, um, besides pack drops, a lot of things to do around the offseason in the NFL. It's just been a constant flow of you know one pack drop release a week which has been fine so far. Um, and a lot of people are enjoying that. Again, like I said about earlier, it seems to be a little higher morale in NFL all day. A lot of people really like the integration that they have on the marketplace with uh, Gaia, I believe, is the team that set that up with you know transactions and such on the NFL marketplace. We did have this weird Texans NFL drop. I don't want to rip on the Texans too much, right? But they had like this wild card win uh, a 1910 win nft drop it was so random to me i'm just gonna say it i'm not gonna criticize it yeah i'm gonna criticize it i don't know who would want that i'm just gonna say it you're right a thousand um moments were made it was twenty dollars now maybe that's why because it was twenty dollars but to me i do not even remember the game to be quite frank and to me it sounds like one of those games you remember every Saturday when they'd have the first wild card game and it would be between like the Texans and you guys remember it was the other the other crappy team that was playing like the Texans and I'm sorry Texans fans but there have been multitudes of games that we've seen on Saturday wild cards that have not been the best of games so but they made a moment out of it if you want it I don't think it's still up for sale. There was a thousand of them for 20 bucks. Um, and remember, any of those ones that you're getting off, like with the NFL team, and they're not currently in NFL all day, they haven't had an update of when those are going to be in the marketplace. So be careful, you know, tread lightly on those. Um, we'll see if they integrate them into the future. But if you're somebody that's looking to flip or somebody that's like, hey, where did my moment go? maybe just you know hit the brakes on this one because we haven't seen what they're going to use them for or when they're going to be available um, i know you can look at them in your dapper wallet if you know how to interact with that but otherwise you're not going to see them on the nfl all day platform um, you'll pay for them but you just won't see them they'll have to be in your dapper wallet uh, separately so 
Another quick tad um, fact here is that there are only three common sets on NFL All Day. And those three are he called game, make the stop, and move the chains. Now, to show you how much it costs to be a holder of those sets. So, for he called game, if you wanted to be an owner right now of that set, it's $339 over 13 moments. When it comes to make the stop, that one is 22 moments, and that one is selling for $429. And when it comes to move the chains, that one is 23 moments for $632. Now, I've decided to keep a little track on those ones just so we know, hey, how's the how's the market going? How's the market moving? How are these sets doing? Are people finding value in them? We'll see. We might even see a little bit of hesitation if you're somebody coming from NBA Top Shot and going into the sets and being like, I don't know, are sets going to help me only with you know pack drops? What are they going to do? It, it's actually made me hesitate to go after the Vikings, who is my team. So I know some of you are probably listening being like, you just made fun of the Texans and you're a Vikings fan. And I was like, yeah, sorry about that. But yeah, so those are the three sets that are in common right now. Again, he called game for $339, make the stop for $429, and then move the chains at $632 to complete those sets. So like I said before, I'm a big fan of the marketplace. It seems like, you know, for a while there, there wasn't a lot of social media interaction in between, you know, that break from the Super Bowl and some other pack drops. They've amped that up again, you know, asking people what they have for packs. I, I think they've started moving this in the right, you know, direction. And I think in the future, we'll probably see a little, you know, steady rise with moments. I don't think it will blow up like NBA Top Shot, but I do think it's slowly but surely gaining attention. And if there's anything I know about NFL fans, they're fanatics, more so than the NBA, more so than the NHL, more so than, you know, MLB. I think NFL All Day is going to do just fine. Um, nothing makes me think otherwise. You know, just that maybe it wasn't as expensive as some people thought when they were buying the packs in the beginning. But keep holding on to those because you don't know. So that's all we have for NFL All Day. But when it comes to NFL League news, I got way more for you. And yeah, we're going to be breaking down the NFL draft. Some dude in the NFL draft on my screen right now just ran a 4-1. Do you know how fast that is? It's insane. Wow. We have a 4-1 wide receiver. I'll be taking a look at that. Just saw it slowly go across the bottom of my screen in the distance there. Um, one player, though, I want to talk about is Kyler Murray. Keep your eyes on Kyler Murray. He's going to be the only player we talk about today. Uh, there hasn't been any transactions or anything like that, but there has been some you know, weirdness going on with Kyle, Kyler Murray. Some people saying he's not a good teammate. Some people saying he likes to throw teammates under the bus. There was word that he wouldn't go back into the final seconds of the NFL playoff game that they kind of got spanked in. Um, there was a couple people saying that he still has interest in going to the MLB. Now, reminder, Kyler Murray is a two, um, two-star athlete. He was drafted by the Athletics. Weird thing about that is Kyler Murray could stop football if he you know one of the rumors was i saw that he didn't like the play of the line and maybe like the offensive scheme so maybe there's a riff going on at the same token there's been a lot of people that don't like arizona um, front office and ownership i just found that out today as i was researching about this i guess a lot of people are down on the people that are running the show in arizona um, some not liking the contracts they had or didn't get restructured or, or things like that. So we'll see. Uh, 
earlier this week, they came down and doubled down on their head coach. They gave him a new contract. Is that saying something to Kyler Murray? Is that, you know, Kyler Murray, if you didn't know, went through his Instagram and scrubbed some of the Arizona Cardinals stuff that he has in there. And I say some, but he actually stopped following some of the teams. Now, I know some people have said he never followed, but upon research, he definitely did follow. I have no idea what's going on there. If Kyler Murray is trying to figure you know, his way out of Arizona, or if some of the things we're hearing about him wanting to play baseball again are up in the air. Again, he would make way more money uh, and take a lot less you know, hits on his body if he was playing baseball. And I forget what position he played. I want to say like second base or shortstop, but I'm not sure. But yeah, if you didn't know that, he was an outstanding baseball player in college as well. Some people didn't even think he was going to make it as an NFL quarterback because he's smaller, uh, durability was a thing, and we've seen some of that with Kyler Murray. So keep your eyes on that. Um, nobody really knows who that's coming from. You know, there were talks about Kyler Murray wasn't really good without the number one wide receiver this year and DeAndre Hopkins, but we'll see. You know, this will take time. I will say there's something there, though, because owners usually just don't double down on coaches like this right after an NFL, you know, their quarterback says something. You know, to me, that's saying, hey, we're not afraid to meet you. We're, you're not forcing your way anywhere. Um, or, you know, we like to coach more than we think you are a leader. And we'll see, you know. So let's take a look at the NFL draft now. I've basically been going around and, you know, looking at all the different drafts from CBS Sports, uh, ESPN, Fox, and just breaking them down and kind of, you know, averaging them out. I might sometimes hit players back-to-back weeks if they've moved, but it'd probably only be like one. Again, I'm looking at doing a bigger breakdown of the NFL draft coming up because I'm probably going to need some content with, you know, with all the weird pack drop stuff going on top shot. Things kind of slowing down, it seems, right now. But guess what? I'm a content king. I only make content. Sorry. Yeah. It's my neighbor again. We're cool now. I did tell him, though, if he came back over here, you know, when I talked to him, I will not pay him to leave just so he doesn't beat me up. Last week, if he didn't miss that, I'd have paid him $10. But you got to calm down because he is a big, big man. All right. So let's get out of the closet. But first, let's do this draft breakdown. Now I'm going to be going through one, uh, sorry, 10 through 20 here, and then we'll finish up next week with the first round. So let's start. Malik Willis from Liberty University. He's a junior and he would be selected right now at pick 11 to go to the Washington football team. Now he is the 21st ranked player in this draft. Again, because of wants and needs, He's somebody that Washington could really look at going for. Um, playing at Liberty University, he's the second overall ranked quarterback. But I, in my opinion, he has the highest upside. Um, he is, you know, a quarterback very similar to Josh Allen with his big frame and escapability. Now, one thing he's also very similar to Josh Allen, I would say, or even. Um, think trying to think of some other younger quarterbacks that came out it's the accuracy problem right and we'll see not every major you know nfl quarterback like josh allen has had success with accuracy and learning that going to the nfl josh allen started you know at wyoming he didn't play the best competition and accuracy was still a problem now he made that transition not every quarterback can do that and in a draft where there's not a lot of them 
you might see some of these teams move up thinking, you no, know, maybe they got a steal. Maybe this is, you know, that one quarterback that we can take. Now, when you look at Washington's roster, you see, you know, Taylor uh, Heineke. You see, um, I think it's like Gabert, Gilbert. Yeah, Garrett Gilbert. There it is. Sorry. So you have Taylor Heineke, uh, Gabert, Garrett Gilbert, and Kyle Allen all right there. Um, and, and none of those guys are really going to do it. So it doesn't really matter who they have next year and at quarterback. So maybe this is a year where they just go, hey, let's take a swing at Malik Willis. Now he can move out of the pocket. He can create longer plays. But again, he is somebody that doesn't have the accuracy touch type thing. I was looking at some footage of him because I wasn't too aware of him coming into it. And there is some footage, if you look on YouTube, of him missing some very wide open players, which is concerning. But if you have the right people, and I'm not, I don't know if Washington does, uh, set up there, you can build a quarterback. But who am I to talk about quarterbacks, right? I'm a, I'm a Vikings fan. Um, all right, speaking of the Vikings, pick 12. They have Minnesota, and this is what I've seen for most people. It's either going to be the defensive line or it's going to be a cornerback. And we've, I feel like, picked a lot of cornerbacks lately. Uh, and they have us taking Ahmed Garner. He is from Cincinnati. That's my backup school. I love the Gophers, but my backup school's always been the Bearcats. What a cool name. A bear and a cat. A bear cat. And Cincinnati spelled cool, too. Double N's twice. All right. But, yes, Ahmed Garner, uh, again, coming off a great year with Cincinnati as they made it into the playoffs in the NCAA this year. And... This could be a, a, a position where, you know, they could also take one of the good D linemen if it fell to them, like an edge rusher. But here, I think it would be good to get another cornerback. Their secondary wasn't that great last year. Um, we're not going to have Mike Zimmer back next year, so, you know, we'll see how O'Connell does. He's the second-ranked cornerback in this year. Prostrate rank overall, he is 12, so it falls to him at a pretty good spot. Or maybe it's a place for Minnesota moves back. Or packages it, you know, with another player like Kirk Cousins. Now, I, I'm not a hate, huge Kirk hater, but either way, we're in a. I, to me, it's a very fluid or rebuild type uh, situation for the Vikings. Let me know what you think, though. Any other Viking fans out there? Maybe next year will be the year. Me, yeah, gosh. All right, so we go to the Eagles of Philadelphia. They will be taking another cornerback, Derek Stingley, a junior. Now he is the second ranked. Um, player overall in this draft they a lot of people have him the first overall cornerback he is from lsu uh, he's another player though that is this is another spot for the eagles they could move out of this position um especially if they don't need a cornerback this could be something where the eagles fall back and collect a couple picks from a team that needs help in the secondary like uh, a lot of people have been saying for this pick baltimore um cleveland is another uh, another place that is looking for a cornerback so we'll see he is a very physical uh, blue chipper type cornerback with you know all the attributes uh, some people compared him to like an Antoine Winfield great shirt tackler uh, he is second overall at that 13th pick rank but first in cor in cornerback uh, in this draft so they have Philly uh, snagging him speaking of the Baltimore Ravens if that didn't work out there they have Trevon Walker who we talked about last week Position ranked the best D lineman in the league. He's that inside defensive line player. Um, in, in Baltimore, like if they can't find a way to move up in this draft, this would be a good pick for them too. Again, their defense wasn't as great as the years past. It's taken a step backwards. Uh, it's a great system for any defensive player. I feel like to come in, you know, you just have that Baltimore 
um, defensive mindset I feel like that they've always had as a franchise. And Trayvon Walker, the best D lineman, junior, 275 pounds, huge, ginormous man. I heard it was like one of the biggest dudes in this year's draft. Now, when we go to Cleveland, they traded away uh, or cut a wide receiver in Odell Beckham this year, and Baker Mayfield needs more targets. So, the 11th ranked prospect in this draft, Traylon Burks from Arkansas, junior, 6'3", 225 pounds. He ranks as the third best wide receiver. Now, they do have targets, you know, they still have um, Javarius, and I, I know they have an okay tight end there, but you know, losing Odell Beckham, and then seeing him go to LA, I know he got hurt, uh, but they need another guy. And, you know, considering that Traylon Burks has uh, huge size and speed, there's nobody else, they said, in that category who has the size and speed that you would need for a, a number one wide receiver. And you need that still in Cleveland. They just need more weapons to help Baker Mayfield. I know they got two outstanding backs. Maybe they could use one of those backs to trade. Um, to add you know more but it looks like you're going to be going again too with uh baker mayfield i don't know if you like that or if you don't i think maybe you give him one more year just with how all the other quarterbacks kind of feel like another baker mayfield so then we look at the 16th pick in this year's nfl draft in consensus this one is from the indianapolis colts going to philadelphia that was for the carson wentz trade which they have you know rewarded themselves plenty off of Carson doesn't even look like he's going to be a Colt next year sadly I really like Carson Wentz as a quarterback but it just kind of seems like he's hitting that Dalton scale or Baker Mayfield scale I guess that's that just that average or below average quarterback um and they have uh, an edge rusher going here from Purdue junior 6'4 275 pounds he is the third ranked position edge rusher in this draft 11th best prospect overall it's George Carl Loftus. Now, George Carl Loftus, a pretty mature pass rusher. Um, again, he's kind of just what you see is what you get. So he's going to be a guy that you could plug in right away and he could contribute to a defense. He's not anybody that's going to need a lot of work in, you know, this upcoming season. And that would be really nice for a team like Philadelphia, who's really not that many pieces away, in my opinion, from being a, a very prominent team in the NFC East you know, competing with Dallas. I know they didn't have a great last year ending, but maybe Jalen Hurts, you know, recovers. There were some rumors that he was hurt at the end of the season there, and we'll see. There are some Philadelphia fans that are done with Jalen Hurts. But regardless, they're looking at this edge rusher at number 16. At pick 17, it would be the LA Chargers going after D-lineman Devion Wyatt. Now, he is from Georgia. Big year for him. He's a senior, 6'3", 315 pounds, the winner of the national championship this year with Georgia, and he is considered the best run stopper in this draft. When we keep going, we see at the 18th pick, Sam Howell is projected to go here. He is the 48th prospect rank, 4th positional ranked QB. He is out of North Carolina, 225 pounds, junior taller quarterback 6'1 um and you know i'm gonna be completely honest i don't see it i just don't see it in sam hall let's come back to this in a year and see how this looks but it would be a reach now again like i said 48th prospect rank overall 
I honestly think quarterbacks are going to drop quite far in this draft. I don't see a lot of good quarterback potential. Maybe I'm wrong. We'll see. But it is projected here, as when I averaged it out, to go to New Orleans. Now at pick 19, with, again, the Philadelphia Eagles, who are stacked with these first-round draft picks. Right now, they have them taking Devin Lloyd. He's from Utah, junior, 6'3", 235 pounds, and he is the second-best linebacker in this year's draft. Again, if they were taking, you know, Carl Loftus early, and then, like I said, um, I think they had Stingley Jr. as a as a cornerback um, in the first couple of picks in one through ten, then this is another player who's going to be able to play for you right away. Devin Lloyd, experienced linebacker, great player out of def uh, Utah, can pass protect, and he can also stop the run. Two great things that would really help Philadelphia out. And honestly, they're going to be able to stack players up in this draft or move back and get a lot of still good picks to help out their defense. Lots of options here for Philadelphia. And for the last pick that we'll get to today, it's pick 20. And they have right now Trevor Penning, old lineman out of Northern Iowa. He is 321 pounds, a junior, 6'7". Huge dude. Now this is... A little bit of a reach when it comes to positional ranking he's 11th overall 50th overall ranked prospect but it's the intangibles right it's that big big guy that could really help an offensive line that needs help which is weird to say for the Saint um, for the Pittsburgh Steelers but it's just another physical lineman that could block for Najee Harris and presumably you know a veteran quarterback whoever they go out and sign because you know there's no more Ben Roethlisberger there um, so Little dings on him are just, you know, him kind of being somebody who's a little raw, uh, needs to, you know, harness the aggression a little better at the line. But guess what? I'm not the best guy for offensive linemen. There are very few guys that could break offensive linemen down accurately. But that's the consensus of where Trevor Penning and Pittsburgh are headed at this point. So, we are all done with the NFL. We did the NFL draft. We talked top shot. We got a little criticism to Roham and Jacob Eisenberg and Top Shot. And, you know, we recapped what's been happening in the last week. Uh, we even did a little bit of UFC strike. And guess what? Didn't take off my neighbor next door. So that is a very good thing for me. Again, if you want to contact me, guys, I'm still going to be doing giveaways. I just don't know if right now is a good time to do giveaways with everything going on in Top Shot, but I'll still be doing them. Still going to have interviews, and I'm I'm most likely going to break this putt up into two, just so I don't have too much content in one episode. But I'll be keeping you informed on that. If you guys have anything you want to say, hit me up. Around the Dapper Sports Pod on Twitter, or Around Dapper Sports on Instagram, or Around Dapper Sports at gmail.com. Hit me up in my inboxes, and if you do, hey, you might get a moment sent back at you. Yeah, girl. I'm talking to you, or guy, or anyone uh, <laughs> who's out there. So hit me up. Again, uh, love to hear from you guys. Tell me what you like. Tell me what you don't like. And hey, leave me a five-star review on Apple. What are you doing? How come you haven't done it? I'm giving you all my ADHD. I'm giving you all my energy inside this, inside this closet. Come on, give me the ratings. But yeah, stick tuned. We got a lot more coming. We'll be getting on some of these interviews. I promise you. Keep safe out there, friends. I know the world is a crazy place right now, but try to get some time for yourself. 
Be good to yourself. Keep listening to this pod. Tell your friends about the pod. And hit me up, because you never know. Again, might get you a moment. But that will do it for us this week. Oh, who knows? I might have another pod out this week. I don't know. If something big happens, I'll, I'll throw it out there. But from all of us, which is just me, at Around the Dapper Sports Pod, thank you for listening. And have a good rest of your day, good rest of your week, whatever you got to do. I'm out of here and out of the closet. Peace.